Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. I want you to listen to part of this interview my colleague, CNN Chief Global Affairs Correspondent Matthew Chance did the other day. He's talking to a senior commander with the Israel Defense Forces. Do you believe there will be a second front open here, or are you hopeful still that Hezbollah will stay out of this war? I hope there will be another front. We need to destroy Hezbollah. You you hope there will be another front? You want the war? Yes. Why? What Hamas did in Gaza, it didn't come from nowhere. It came from Hezbollah, it came from Iran. And in order for us to stop what happened from Hamas, we need to stop them also. Did you catch that? The commander said he hopes another front will open up in this war, even as Israel prepares for what many believe will be a brutal ground invasion into northern Gaza. Remember, Hamas says it is holding hundreds of people hostage and continues to fire rockets into Israel. That is very much a pressing issue for the Israeli military. But the commander mentions some other names there. Iran, Hezbollah. What happens if they get involved? In terms of sort of the totality of military capabilities, definitely Hezbollah is, is in a league of its own. Today, we head to the Northern Front. From CNN... This is Tug of War. I'm David Ryan. I've been wanting to speak to CNN senior international correspondent Ben Wiedemann ever since this conflict began, because he has been reporting on the Middle East for decades. He's covered stories in Syria, Egypt, Jordan, Iraq, and of course, Israel and Lebanon. He knows the region and the major players better than just about anybody here at CNN. I caught up with him on Tuesday afternoon. Ben, where are you right now? Yeah, we're in South Lebanon, just about 10 kilometers north of the border, uh, sort of in a position overlooking the south. It's uh, quiet at the moment, but that's just the moment. So what does the border look like now, and how does that compare to what it looked like before this conflict? Well, you know, I spent a fair amount of time in this border area going back to the 90s. But what before this war, it was a tense area because there's a fairly significant presence of Hezbollah in the area, but a tense calm was largely maintained. Since the war in Gaza began, the situation has dramatically changed, and we've seen almost every day incidents of, of fire from Lebanon into Israel and Israeli fire back. Now, today seems to be particularly active with multiple Hezbollah attacks on Israeli positions and Israeli counterattacks. According to the Lebanese Red Cross, four people have been killed. Now, we don't know the identities of these four people, whether they're civilians or fighters. Now, in addition to Hezbollah, it's important to remember there are other groups operating in southern Lebanon. Several times we've seen 
rockets fired from Lebanese territory into Israel, but the latest volley was actually by the military wing of Hamas, which has people here in Lebanon, many of them operating out of the variety of Palestinian refugee camps that are in South Lebanon. So this is really a, a mix of groups. You're saying it's not just Hezbollah that is is ratcheting things up here. It's a mix of groups, but certainly in terms of power, manpower, weaponry, overall ability, Hezbollah dwarfs all of them. And, and therefore, they prefer to be the ones who take the action as opposed to let others do it. And in fact, sometimes we've spoken with Hezbollah members, or shall we say people associated with the group who are sort of hanging around, and they've told us one of the things they're doing is stopping others from firing into Israel. Oh. Not necessarily because they're opposed to the idea of firing into Israel, but they want to be the ones who decide when and where they fire. Oh, so they're like controlling things. That's really interesting. I, I wanted to ask about that because our colleague Hadas Gold told me last week that when we're talking about Hamas and Hezbollah, Hamas is more like JV and Hezbollah is really diversity. And that, that comparison is really kind of stuck with me. But what does that actually look like on the ground? Why is there this fear around further Hezbollah involvement here? You know, Hezbollah is an organization that's been around since the early 1980s. And it has lots of experience. Keep in mind that Israel had a, a presence in southern Lebanon going until 2000. And throughout the 90s, I spent a lot of time in southern Lebanon covering Hezbollah's fight to drive the Israelis out. And it was a, a brutal guerrilla war where Hezbollah really excelled at using their superior knowledge of the terrain to make life unbearable for the Israeli military. Two massive explosions shook the downtown of Tyre here in southern Lebanon. Normally, Israeli aircraft target the outskirts of the city, but this time it was a 10-story building in the center of town. I was here in 2006 for the 33-day war between Hezbollah and Israel. The hospital wards are full of the wounded. Hospital staff claim they've yet to treat a combatant. The Israelis had great ambitions of crushing Hezbollah, destroying it. And Hezbollah, once again, took advantage of its knowledge of the terrain and the fact that many of its fighters are from the areas that Israel previously occupied, that Israel wanted to enter during the 2006 war. And Israel was essentially fought to a standstill. We're with the resistance, shouts this refugee, referring to Hezbollah's militia who are nowhere to be seen in this mess. And Hezbollah proved beyond any doubt that it was a very capable military organization. Now, they've had a lot of help from Iran in terms of training, in terms of equipment, but in terms of sort of the totality of military capabilities, definitely Hezbollah is, is in a league of its own. It's In fact, if you look at the variety of wars fought between Arab states and Israel, in many respects, Hezbollah far exceeded them in its ability to really fight the Israelis to stand still. Ben and I will be back after this break.
This podcast is supported by Sleep Number. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number smart bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs, so you can choose what's right for each of you whenever you like. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature. Quiets their snores? Sleep Number does that. Only Sleep Number smart beds let you each choose your ideal comfort and support. Your Sleep Number setting. Sleep Number smart beds learn how you sleep and provide personalized insights to help you sleep better. All Sleep Number smart beds feature cooling, pressure-relieving comfort layers for soothing sleep throughout the night. Temperature-balancing bedding is designed to move heat and moisture away when you're hot. When you're cool, they hold their energy to help warm you. Sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on Sleep Number limited edition smart beds for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Back to Tug of War and my conversation with CNN's Ben Wiedemann. I guess I'm wondering what would a multi-front war look like for Israel? Like, does it have the resources to combat Hezbollah in the north based on what you're describing their capabilities are? Well, Israel has a massive advantage in the idea that, sense that it has air power. It has been provided with and has its own abilities and, and, and weaponry that is by far in excess of anything that Hezbollah possesses. Uh, but keep in mind, they've got 300,000 more reserves prepared to go into Gaza They have deployed, according to the Israeli military, tens of thousands of troops along the Lebanese border, but they will be hard-pressed to fight a two-front war. Let's keep in mind that in 1973, Israel also fought a two-front war with Egypt in the Sinai and with Syria in the Golan Heights, and it was hard-pressed. The Americans had to rush airlift weaponry into Israel to essentially bolster their abilities because uh, they were pushed to the wall. I don't think in this case it's going to be the same given that Hezbollah doesn't have any air power. Yeah, I was going to ask, is the U.S. pressed into more of a presence if Hezbollah really acts out here? Well, I think the United States may be walking into a bit of a disaster if it's going to become militarily involved side by side with Israel in fighting Hezbollah, Hamas, perhaps Iran. Logistically, the United States is at a bit of a disadvantage here. And uh, as I'm pointing out, Hezbollah is backed by Iran. And Iran itself has proved that they're technically quite sophisticated. And not only technically, Mm. they're sort of tactically very sophisticated as well. They have managed, after decades of U.S. and international sanctions, to develop all sorts of industries. They make their own cars, for instance, and they've made a lot of their own weaponry. So the United States, you know, it's easy to fight ISIS. It's easy to fight Saddam Hussein's crippled war after years of sanctions. It's not easy to fight the Iranians. Hmm. I wanted to ask before we go, because a journalist from Reuters was killed on on the border with uh, Lebanon and Israel. Do you have a sense of just how dangerous it is to report from the region right now? 
Well, right now it's very dangerous. Um, you've had, of course, my friend and colleague, Isam Abdullah, cameraman from Reuters, who was killed last Friday in an Israeli strike. You have at least 10 Palestinian journalists in Gaza who have been killed in addition to an Israeli. I, I've been covering this story for decades, and I can tell you, it's a dangerous story to cover. I've been shot in the back mm. with a live round. I've been shot in the head with a rubber bullet. I've had my thumb broken by a soldier. I've been beat up multiple times. It's a dangerous place. And uh, stories like this are a magnet for journalists. If a big story like this, you want to be a part of it. But it's risky, the, and the risks are very high uh, in this conflict. And I'm afraid that uh, it's only going to get more dangerous. Well, stay safe out there, Ben. Really appreciate it. Thank you. My pleasure. Tug of War is a production of CNN Audio. This episode was produced by Paolo Ortiz, Chris DeBow, and me, David Rind. Our senior producer is Haley Thomas. Steve Lichtai is the executive producer of CNN Audio. Special thanks to Charbel Malo, Tamara Kablawi, and Sarah Sergeni. Thank you for listening. We'll be back tomorrow. Talk to you then. Quality sleep is essential, and that's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. So you can choose what's right for you whenever you like. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature. Quiets their snores. Sleep Number does that. Sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on Sleep Number limited edition smart beds for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com.